Hey everybody, this is Chad Jordan from Sport Clips with another edition of our Hall of Fame podcast. So pleased to have you joining us. And uh, today I've got actually two special guests. So I'll start with uh, the first one here who will introduce himself. Hi Jordan, my name is Arif Taj and I am Sport Clips team leader in Southern California. And we have six stores, started this journey in 2007. Awesome, and next up... I'm Shamila Taj. I'm part of Team Taj since 2016, and I'm the marketing director for our team. And uh, it's no coincidence that they have the same last name. Uh, Shamila is RF's daughter. So we're going to talk about a little bit about that dynamic today, uh, along with some other interesting topics. I think you're going to really enjoy this. So uh, for those of you that are, we're at our national convention, we call it Huddle. Uh, their name got read off because they were team leaders of the year. And so they got to come up on stage uh, in front of 3,000 of their closest friends. Uh, RF, can you tell me what that moment was like? Was it an out-of-body experience? Do you remember it? What, what was going through your head? Actually, I do remember it very distinctly, which is kind of funny because um, we were just sitting there and, you know, roll calls were happening and people were getting awards and um, Southern California had gotten a couple of awards. So we just sat there and said, okay, we did our part and uh, we were all together. Uh, and then uh, everybody started yelling and screaming around us. So I was looking down at that time because I was looking at a friend of mine that had just gotten an award, uh, one of the team leader, uh, one of the team leader's store. So I looked around and I said, why is everybody yelling and screaming? And then they're all just cheering and say, get up, get up, get up. And I'm going, get up where? So I turned around, looked at my wife, and then I looked up and our name was up there. And uh, if people that who, who know me know that I am never at a loss for words. Mm-hmm. And I, my, my whole being was like shaking at that time. So Susan goes, let's go. So we got up and Susan's we made it. Yeah, Susan's yeah. my wife. Okay. And uh, so we both got up and uh, made the journey from our table all the way up to the stage. And I don't know what I said to Gordon or Edward. I don't remember that, but I'm sure I mumbled some, uh, some pretty I, silly I, stuff. I, I do. And there's something we had got to talk about off air. So just because some of those things. No, <laughs> I'm just kidding. It's kind of like one of those Oscar moments, right? Yeah. When you win and oh, I didn't have a speech prepared. Speech prepared, exactly. Yeah. But it, it, it was really um, surreal. It, it really was. I uh, had not expected that. Uh, but uh, once it was over and we came down, even then it didn't seem real. Um, so it's one of those things that you probably will never forget. And and the best part is that it was the 25th anniversary. Oh, yeah. How special. So you will never, ever forget. Hey, when did you get your team leader mm-hmm. of the year? And it's like 25th anniversary. You know, that's why I got married in the year 2000. I know how many years I've been married. 18 years. <laughs> there you I, go. I just have Easy to count math. up from. Uh, so, and I'm going to get back to you, RF, in a second. But Shamila, you also won something at a huddle. You won the My Sport Clips Challenge. Can you tell us a little bit about that? It was a social media challenge and, and exactly a little bit of that process. Um, yeah. So when you had announced that that challenge was available, uh, we, my team, I know we all got really excited and a couple of us did them together and I was encouraged. Uh, to do my story, my version. Um, I just talked mostly about my passion and my love for the brand and the team and the atmosphere of working for a company that cares. And it was a lot of fun. It came from the heart, definitely. It was it was genuine, and I felt that that resonated with a lot of people, and it was nice to be able to share my story. So I love the opportunity, and I was 
again, it was surreal that I won because so many great stories came out of we're, that. We're going to talk a lot about social media, especially with you later on, but the importance of using that to help with recruiting, retention, team building, culture, all that fun stuff. And you got to display that with your uh, hashtag My Sport Clips Challenge. So it got thousands of views. If you haven't checked it out, make sure you, uh, on Facebook, Instagram, whatever, search hashtag My Sport Clips. I think you'll like what you see. So, uh, by the way, you know that. I'm telling all the listeners that. So, I, uh, RF, I want to get back to you. I want to talk a little bit about your Sport Clips journey, essentially, uh, where you've been, where you are now, where you think maybe things might be going in the next few years. So, first and foremost, can you give me a little uh, glimpse into your background when you started with Sport Clips, what you did, but you know, uh, BC and AD, what you did before, <laughs> you know, and, and then after the decision, that'd be the yeah. AD, not after death, but <laughs> after the decision for Sport Clips. So what, what were you doing, I don't know, 10, 15 years ago? Um, so real quick, um, you know, background. Um, I have a math degree. Um, I graduated with, math, uh, with mathematics and physics as my background. Didn't know what really I wanted to do and got into a field that at that time was, uh, this is back in 1979, uh, aging myself here, mm-hmm. um, and um, got introduced to computers at that time. Didn't know what they were or what they did, but um, learned it. Uh, went to some extension courses at uh, different colleges and uh, got my logic background. So did that for 27 years. Um, started as a basically a tech and ended my career with sport, uh, with uh, Unisys, which is the company I work for, as a um, director of engineering for an R&D division. So that journey started in 79 and ended in uh, 2000, end of 2006, early 2007. But before that, um, we had decided that, you know, we wanted to get into some kind of, uh, my, my family has been in business for a long, long time. So Family, extended family, friends, uh, My dad cousins, uh, had a business, uh, okay. uh, my grandfather had a business, and that business was there for, established 200 years ago, and mm-hmm. they continued what? that. And Speaking uh, about dating yourself, <laughs> yeah. I mean, man alive, all right. So, um, so it's been in our blood. We all have some kind of professional degree. Uh, my dad was a lawyer, but never practiced, and went into business with his dad and uh, same thing for my cousins and everybody you know most of them uh, uh, got back into business Um, so at some point we were thinking about it and uh, my family was already in Baskin Robbins at that time they had started in the late 80s as franchisees so so Baskin Robbins is your first taste literally eh, pun intended (laughs) of uh, of franchising yes it was and that was uh, in 1994 it's a funny story because even though my family had bunch of stores. When I first, uh, we lived in Orange County, and so I wanted to get into Baskin Robbins, and so we found a location. We said, we're going to build a brand new store. And this sort of ties in later on why this is important, uh, this little anecdote, uh, is that we found the location, we signed, we got the lease going, and then Baskin Robbins came over and says, hey, wait a minute, there is an existing franchisee here that has multiple stores. Uh, they want this location, so we can't give it to you. Okay. So we did all the work, but they got the the store, and um, so we were kind of bummed about. What it. you didn't know is they were following you around while you're doing all this stuff, and they were <laughs> yeah, just waiting I mean, we were for you to you do all the hard stuff. So, and then they were... so we did that. So we we got that experience, and then we said, "Well, what should we do?" And they said, "Well, buy an existing store." Okay. Um, so that way, you know, some some. So we found a store here in West Covina, which is about 50 miles from where I lived, but it was a store in distress. Uh, but it was one of the original stores that the 
the Baskin and Robin themselves ran. It was a number wow. eight store. You're kidding uh, me. In, uh, yeah, in their system. So we said, okay, it was really run down. It was in bad shape. It had been there for 60 some, uh, 50 some years at that time. So we said, okay, we'll buy it. So we bought it. The guy that was running it uh, really didn't take care of it. It was literally in bad shape. But the story, good part of the story is that we got in there, uh, we changed everything around, we built it, and uh, the best part is that the first year of operation, that store, uh, and it's still a record, uh, went from uh, sales of 125000 which is what he had reported. I don't know if it was true uh-huh, or not. Right. But we took it to 475000 in the first year, and it was the biggest turnaround in wow. uh, Baskin Robbins history at that time. We got awards for that. All kinds of, so we were really excited. And then we ended up, um, that became one of the best stores in, the, in Southern California. And then we ended up uh, buying a bunch of other well, stores. And, and another lesson learned, if you're going to open an ice cream chained kind of franchise, do it in Southern California <laughs> yeah. or where people will eat you know, ice <laughs> cream year round year, instead yeah. of Minot, North Dakota or something like that. Yeah. So, so, so you know, it just sort of ties in. So we did, um, then that's how we got into the franchise business. Okay. Um, Always had the passion for business, but um, also had the passion for people. So it was just a good fit. It's, kids were my passion anyway. So uh, I know we have Shamila here. How many? How many kids? I have three. Okay. I have uh, Shamila and then two other uh, two boys who have sworn off of ice cream at this point in their <laughs> life because that's probably what they had for breakfast, yeah, lunch, and dinner. Yeah, they actually all grew years. up in uh, working at the stores. Them okay. and their friends. So it was kind of uh, fun oh, to see neat. all of that. Yeah. So they all got to learn. I mean, even though it was two or three years kind of uh, work for them, but they learned how to be team players, yeah. how to, you know, be provide uh, guest service, uh, how to take care of issues, um, you know, and also overall learn um, how to be in an environment where you're expected to do certain things. Mm-hmm. So it's a good learning experience. And that well, was a good and, I, and I bet culturally, too, uh, and we'll speak a little bit about the sport clips culture, why it's a, a cut above, again, mm-hmm. another pun intended, mm-hmm. uh, in terms of uh, delivering a client experience. Nobody walks out of Baskin-Robbins with a frown on their face. That's I true. I mean, everybody's happy, and yeah. unless they drop their ice cream you know, on the hey, floor. Yeah, and then, I mean, we, then, take then you, yeah, you take we care of that. We take care of that. So to parlay that into an experience like sport clips where mm-hmm. we want the same thing, we yeah. want the same experience where a client walks out with a smile on his face, yeah. And not just because he got a great haircut, but because he he felt valued as a human being. He loved the experience watching the sports and and, and interacting with the stylist. So uh, great that you had that uh, so, that experience. Yeah. There. So from Baskin Robbins at that time, and then when I was leaving my company, I had to make a decision. Um, what and, and the reason um, we're worried, but at that time we had to make a decision as to hey, do we continue growing Baskin Robbins and make that our future, or do I go back into consulting or or do something different? And at that time, uh, my company had provided me with an opportunity to sort of explore for because I, I was at a you know pretty high level, so they gave me a package which allowed me to explore different options of what my future is going to be like. Mm-hmm. And um, so I went through the franchise process. There was a workshop um, when we looked at, you know, there's almost 3,000 franchises of one kind right. or the other. Yeah, I've seen, by the way. There's docs, doc poops, I used to be. Too, I, so. I used to be in sales, and my job was to sell to franchise systems. And my company gave, it was like a, for those of you that would remember what a yellow book or a mm-hmm. phone book looked like, of franchise companies that I would have to call uh, cold call from A to Z, and you're right. There, there's thousands of them to choose from. So, 
that leads us to the question. How, how did you yep. choose sport clubs, especially, and what, 10 or 11 story. years ago when there wasn't a lot here in there California? Was not, so. There was uh, maybe six stores in all of California at that time. Because it's, I think the first store opened in 2006 sometime. I mm-hmm. don't remember exactly mm-hmm. when, but early 2006. Here in but California. Yeah, yeah, here in California. But it's a great story because um, – so I narrowed it down. I kept looking. And I wanted a model that allowed me um, – the reason I wanted to transition out of Baskin-Robbins is – because Baskin-Robbins is a great business, um, and you do need to own multiple stores to make it work, yeah. like any other franchise business. But um, it is a more hands-on business where mm-hmm. you have to be present because you're dealing with a lot of product. Yeah. You're l- dealing with – Perishable ice, Product, personal product, that, yeah. uh, a lot of equipment, and you're also dealing with uh, high school kind of kids. So mm. you have to be present to guide them and sort of nurture them and and get things uh, the way Are you, you want. Are you saying high schoolers can uh, be prone to uh, <laughs> distraction? And yeah. if you're not actually there yeah. 24 hours yeah. a day monitoring them, they may <laughs> well, be up to no good. Well, not maybe 24 hours a day, but a good portion of it. So, yeah, yeah. so we were looking at that and say, you know, we're at an age where we want a, a, a system that we can set up and um, work on the business, but not in the business. Mm-hmm. And so that's why we narrowed it down. And it actually um, is kind of interesting. I narrowed it down to three, and I visited all three of these businesses. One was a consulting business, which is back to where I was, but I was tired of wearing suits. Boring. And, yeah. Suits okay, and ties and traveling yeah. overseas. So I said, no, that's not going to work for me, even though uh, the investment was very little in that. Um, the other was uh, a high-end dry cleaning kind of a business, which was really, really good in California because you can do yeah. it, people do very well with that. Um, and then the third one was uh, Sport Clips. So I did visit Sport Clips headquarters in 2007 before I made the decision. Okay. And at that time, Cleet Brewer was there. He was the uh, president, I think. And then, of course, Gordon was there. And there was one building there uh-huh. in Georgetown. I went Update, there. Update, now there's five. And, okay. uh, now there's five. Um, and so I went in there. And in the morning, I got there the night before. Went in the morning. Um, we had a we were supposed to meet for an hour and a half or something like that. So Gordon was there and Cleet was there. And we sat down and talked in that small conference room that's still yep, there. Yes, yep. um, and uh, it ended up being almost the whole day kind of a meeting because um, Gordon and I sort of Hit, hit it off, I News guess. Newsflash, Gordon's a talker. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so we, stories we, and... we told stories and, you know, he was interested in my background with Baskin-Robbins and, and you know, uh, and, and I had some questions that I wanted to ask. And, you know, the, the best part was he was so genuine. He was just like, as it is, nothing, no pretensions, nothing. I felt like I was home. Yeah. I was sitting with a buddy of mine and just having a conversation. And the best part about, I still remember a couple of things that we distinctly talked about. One of my questions was, well, how are you planning? Because at that time, there were no stores in Southern California, uh, very few stores right. in Southern California. So I said, well, market, yeah, emerging sure. market. And, and, and what are your growth plans? And you know, how are you going to do that? And I still remember Gordon saying, he says, hey, we don't have, we have a plan. We want to grow the business, obviously, but we don't have anything set. We're going to find the right people. When we find the right people as team leaders, that's how we're going to grow our store. And I, and I love that answer because there was no like set numbers, like we got to do 50 stores, no matter right. what it is, right? Well, we'll do 50 stores if we can find the 50 right people or 10 right people or whatever. So that was a great uh, conversation to be had. And then, of course, the other one, you know, the value system. Mm-hmm. Um, that's who I am. That's how I treated my basket Robinsons. Um, team members, because even though they were high school kids or, you know, college kids, 
we still did all of the things that we do with our sport clips franchise. Um, and we had learned that at that time. So we were all into it. It's like, hey, take care of the people. Same core values. Same tenure, core values. There were 10 years ago. There are still on the wall. Still today on the wall and, okay. today. And uh, when I looked at that and I could see from Gordon's conversation that that's who they are. Mm -hmm. That's who they believe to be. And that's what they're going to be no matter what happens. Do what's right. Do, do your best. Right, do your treat best, others the way they want to be treated. Core and values. Go, yeah, That's it. I am in. So once I walked out of there, I went home and you know talked to Susan and said, "Mom, we found what we were going to be uh -huh. doing for the next." Uh, I like how you slipped least. that in. We found, even <laughs> though it was you. Uh, uh, well, trust you know, me, we, we found. <laughs> we do. We do make decisions together. We, and and you know it was the funniest uh, thing because once uh, and she she got into it. She said, "She I get it." And then we had the conversation about what is why are we doing this? What is the reason for this business? Mm -hmm. I mean, people generally think, well, we're in the business to make money or earn money. Our thing was, no, we certainly need money. Money is very important. That's yeah. how we're going to grow our business and make things happen. But we're in this so that we can make a difference. And that's their core values. They yeah. want to make a difference. We provide the experience. Everybody, every business is the same, but at the bottom of it, it's all about people. Yeah. And who are the best people um, or the most important people? They are your team. And that's how Gordon treats his team. And mm -hmm. most of those people are still there. Yep. They started with him at one store. And they are in positions of making decisions now for him. And because they are vested in the system uh, and in Gordon himself, they do their best every single day. Yeah. And you see that. And that transitions. Into, and then, he, of course, he takes care of the people because the journey it, is not his alone. It's everybody coming together. It truly is amazing when you, especially as a team leader, when you treat your team well mm -hmm. and you treat your manager well, right? Julie Vargas, first ever Sport Clips manager, mm -hmm. 25 years later, mm -hmm. she's been treated so well by Gordon and, and she's contributed so much. She's still here. Yeah. So you've got uh, a team. Uh, you, have, you were team leader of the year. And you have the manager of the year, Jennifer. Yes. Uh, Jennifer Justice, right? Correct. Uh, store CA6... 630. 630. That's our first store. Okay, your first store ever. So how many years ago was that? 10? Uh, you're the math guy here. 2008 and, okay. April. Okay, so <laughs> over 10. So 10 years plus. <laughs> 10 let's years just put plus. it there. We just had our 10 years. And she's still there. She was the second hire. Oh, my uh, gosh. Out of her. And it, it, there's another interesting story there, okay. too. Um Cleet came out when we were um, talking. I don't do interviews. I have conversations with people that mm -hmm. want to be part of our team. Mm -hmm. So, and I, even today, I spend that time up front. And we'll talk about that a little bit, why that's important about recruitment and what you do. Yeah. So it's a get, you know, get, keep, and grow, right? Mm -hmm. Get the best people you can. Yep. Do your best to keep them. And then if you do those two things, you will grow. Mm -hmm. There's no question about it, right? So, um when uh, we were sitting, uh, so Corner Bakery was open. This was a brand new location. It had just been built. And there's a story behind that too with Gene Booth, how we found it. city are we, what city uh, is this? This is in Glendora. Okay, Glendora, yeah, California. Yeah. Glendora, okay. California. They were building the second phase. This center has everything. It's, it's one of the you know premier centers in this area where everybody goes. It's a destination. And we wanted a corner store that was very visible. It was all glass. So we had to cover all those things up with European style, you know, sport clips on it. And yeah. we had to get permissions to do that. But... Um, when we were uh, talking to people, and we were at Corner Bakery, which was next door, that's where we went and did our conversations, and Cleet was out here, and we were sitting there, and there were three applicants that didn't say, oh, I want to sit with you and see what we do, how we do this. So we sat down, and there were uh, 
two out of the three were very good potential uh, people that we could bring on board. So Cleese almost said, like, you're going to bring them on board. I said, no, I'm going to give them my card and I'm going to let them think about all of the things that we talked about. And we'll talk about what our foundations are um, and how we do that. And then so we will talk about that. And there's a lot of conversation that has happened. And we, I want them to go home and think about it, talk to their significant other, whoever they trust, and see, are they that person? And if they want to come on board. And then tomorrow they can call me and says, are you sure you're going to lose them? I said, nope. Uh -huh. If I lose them, that's okay. But if they really this want to This is your people, first store you're doing this This is the first at? store we're doing this. Right. Because we had learned from the Baskin-Robbins experience, okay. right? So we had okay. some experience in that. And of course, uh, in, the, in my position at, at Unisys, um, I had 300 people that worked in my division. Mm -hmm. So I knew, and that's the story too, I learned from there. It's like before when I used to hire engineers, I was looking for the best engineer with the best degree, the best qualification and all yeah. that. And I found out it never worked. Mm -hmm. And then... I went through Caltech to learn some management um, courses, uh, took some management courses and all that, and found out that you're not look necessarily looking for the best degree person or the best engineer. You're looking for the best person nice. that has a great degree yeah. and has, because skills can be learned, but personality or your behavior or who you are, your right. core value, you, that's not something that you can really learn. I mean, yeah. you can make an attempt at it, but you're really not. At that not. point, yeah, they're already so they're set. Who they yeah. Are. So when I started hiring the best people, I had one of the highest success rate in bringing products to market in my division, in yeah. my company. So, and so you, it trans all starts you translate, translate that into, into that. sport clips. And yeah. I said, you know, even though they are, it's a different environment, they're not engineers and all that, but they're still people. Yeah. So, um, so Clay said, really? And I go, yeah. So we walked away and then the next day two of them called us and one of them we brought on board and the other one we didn't. But Jennifer was the second person that came mm -hmm. on board and, um, uh, we knew that she was going to be a superstar. Yeah. So she was the assistant manager at that time. We had a different manager because we had hired the manager first. Right. And that manager was with us uh, for a year. Um, and then Jennifer took over, and she's been a manager since 2000, um, end of 2008 um, till now. And now she's the manager of the year. Yeah. For she's on blast, too, because she's going to be interviewed for the uh, yeah. Sport Clips Hall of Fame podcast. Yeah. So, uh, so Jennifer, just uh, heads up. We're, com we're coming for you. <laughs> uh, I, I, I do want to talk a little bit. So I love that. Uh, I love that tip that you're giving other team leaders or even prospective franchisees. You're looking for the best fit, the best person. Uh, not necessarily the right. Uh, You're not fill, looking for the best stylist. Yeah. You, mm -hmm. I mean, of course, you want great stylists because mm -hmm. that's, that's that's what we provide as as the service. But you also want someone who's coachable, coachable. someone who's willing to learn. So let me share with you what we are looking for yeah. when we do our um, when we do our when we have our conversation. So um, the first thing that so we you are, don't even call it interview. No, it's no a conversation. It's a conversation. I let them know right up front. Hey. It's not an interview. We're just going to get to know each other. And that, that probably gonna, diffuses it a little bit, oh, too. Yeah, it makes absolutely. it a little less tense. They're kind of not used. Most of them are not used to that. But there are ways to do it. And I don't put a time limit on it. I asked them. I said, right, do you have a time limit? And said, no, I'm open. I said, okay, great. We'll let the conversation go where it goes. It can be a half hour. It can be 45 minutes. It can be an hour and a half. It's up to you, right? So we're just going to get to know each other. Because at the end of the day, we're going to be together more than you're going to be with your family yeah. in our teams and everything else, right? So you're going to be spending a lot of time. And is this on there. location at a sport clips? Or are you at a Starbucks? Um, typically, where? we go uh, wherever the closest thing is, Corn Bakery, Starbucks, whatever okay. is there. Um, sometimes we do it you know, in, in a location that's more uh, Okay, but they don't, they're not coming into no, the equipment room or the no, back no, office no, of no, a no, store. No, 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 you don't want to do that. Yeah, we're here in the vacuum. There's a lot yeah, going on uh -huh, there. Right? Right. You don't want to do that. So... Um, 
So we put them at ease and let them know that we're just going to have a conversation, get to know each other. And then at the end of the day, if we find that, you know, it's their choice and our choice, whether we want to be team members together. And we want a long-term commitment, not a short-term. Mm-hmm. So um, we start the conversation very relaxed uh, and it sort of flows the way naturally it can flow. We don't artificially do anything because we're trying to figure out who they are, not because we know they already have a license. We know if they mm-hmm. have worked in uh, other franchises, they know how to cut hair. Um, and those are skills that you can even teach or make them yep. better, right? But we are trying to figure out who they are and how do they fit in our system, right? So the first thing we want to talk about is uh, what is what are the things that are non-negotiable for us right up the front? What is our building block? How do we do this? So the first thing we talk about is I ask this question. I says, do you know what honesty and integrity is? And are they different? Are they similar? In your words, not the clinical definition. What do you think they are to you? So they will give me several different, and there's no right or wrong answer. I let them know. Yeah. There are no right or wrong answers. You just tell us what you think they are. So they will tell us what it is. Some will say it's the same thing. Some will say it's different. But then I have a very, my favorite quote is Martin Luther King's quote. It says, it's always the right time to do the right thing. That's mm-hmm. integrity. Mm-hmm. So people can have, uh, can be honest, but they may not have integrity. But people who have integrity are always honest, right? So it's just simple as that. So we talk about these things. And the reason is because that's our building block. We don't watch our team members. We don't, we have cameras for security reasons, but we never watch film. Mm -hmm. We never look over their shoulder because trust trust is the foundation. If we lose that, it's non-negotiable, even if it's a small thing. And in 10 years, there's only been one instance we had to let somebody go. It was a small thing, but they knew it wasn't. Ten years across many stores. Many, many stores and many, many people. Um, But the thing is, uh, the reason it is very important is because we want them to be free. We want them to be able to make decisions. We want to empower them. Mistakes are all right Mm -hmm. because we learn from that and we don't repeat them. If you make decisions, if you make a mistake, that's okay. We'll correct it. But if you do anything that's knowingly not the right thing to do, we're done at that moment. There is no second chances. So they know. Second thing we talk about is team, what their definition is. And we put them in scenarios, you know, if you were the team leader or if you were the manager, what kind of people would you want to surround Mm -hmm. yourself with? So we get an idea of what their values are. What do they consider important? So once they do that, and then team is the second thing that's non-negotiable. If you do anything to interrupt the team, we're done at that point. Either it's a guest we call them guests. We don't call them client or customers because it brings a different mm-hmm. image in mind. Uh, guests are people that you want in your store. Uh, clients are somebody who's paying you to do something. So it's a little different mindset. Yeah, but you're really you're setting that expectation up front. Like this is sport clips. Mm-hmm. So being part of a team matters. Yep. And as someone, I, I coach club soccer for my daughters. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No individual person is greater than the team, yep. but we need every individual yep. person to comprise that team. Yep. So it's kind of setting that Setting that expectation is, yeah. because that's the most important part, right? So people ask me, why do you spend so much time doing that? Because we may do six or seven of these conversations and not hire anybody. Mm-hmm. But I said, that six and seven hours is the best hours I've spent right. because I don't have to do anything at the back end of things. Yeah. We did all of that on the front end and now we don't have yeah, those brilliant. instructions at all. All that right so we have these conversations then we get into things like you know we will talk about how do we find out what somebody so by that time they're very relaxed because mm-hmm. there's no negativity there's no questions that are kind of tricky it's like no no right or wrong if you don't know the answer some people and we're looking at their body language at that time you know how comfortable are they still laughing is our context still good are they relaxed because our stores get very busy we want somebody yeah. who can handle that pressure right because it is pressure when you're sitting there 
asking to be hired onto a team, right? Yeah. And we have a reputation here now. So people do want to be, so we have lots of applications, right? So that's, I, I guess that was going to be my, my next question in the, re, the recruiting portion is you're talking about these uh, conversations. How do you find the people to have these conversations with? Are they just popping up out of the blue, coming out of the woodwork, or are you doing running Craigslist ads? What, we, do, what do, we do all of okay. those things. I mean, we, sometimes when we are like, hey, you know, we really need to uh, get some people in there. You know, Shamila will step in and then she will run a Craigslist ad and she will do Facebook, um, all the social medias. Um, we'll, we'll even, uh, but the best way we get them is word of mouth, yeah. you know, referrals. That's the best way. Uh, so once a team member comes on board, loves what we do and how we treat them, um, they want their, and then that way we get the people that they want to be with. Mm -hmm. We don't get anybody that, so it just works that way. Word, so, word of mouth though, is that now also in this digital age, social media so your team members are they saying things it on is snapchat instagram hey, hey we're looking for somebody to join the some team. of it is that uh -huh. some of it is just their friends you know mm -hmm. the people that they have worked with in different franchises or different places and uh Typically, uh, we go through that um, process, you know. So we have referral bonuses too, obviously, you know, like everybody in Sportclips does, or I hope everybody does. So that way, it's a little bit of an incentive for them too to bring in the best people because, um, you know, they want to work with people that they want to hang around with. So it's kind of fun. Um, but the uh, the conversation goes that way. And then um, one of the things that we talk about is uh, there's a question that I ask, um, which is very important to me because I want to see what they're what happens to them when they're under stress. So the question I ask is, you know, uh, anybody can learn any. I ask them, do you think anybody can learn anything? And sometimes they'll say yes, sometimes they'll say no, whatever. But then I tell them there's one thing you nobody really can learn. You either have it or you don't. And then I sort of let it hang out there and say, tell me what it is that you think it is that people can't learn or they have it or don't. And then I give them some hints about these are people that you want to hang around with, these are people, and then they'll say, well, their passion, and then they'll say this and that. Those are all, uh, you know, good way of describing it, but that's really not what I'm looking for. So I let them hang there for a little while mm -hmm. because now they're under stress. And now you get to see what happens when they can't think on right. their feet, right? right. Well, these poor people, you've set them up. <laughs> they were so comfortable by the way you front-loaded everything, and now you bring this in. and Yeah, but so now it's like... So sometimes they will struggle through it, and sometimes they'll come up with the answer. And other and then I give them hints along the way. It's like, you know, you this, that, and everything else. And then sometimes it's like they'll say, you know what, I can't. And that's great, too, because we want to know if they don't know the answer. They'll say, you know what, I really can't think of it right now, but tell me. And that's yeah. great, too, because they're honest and upfront about it. And their body language hasn't changed. They're still smiling. They're still laughing. They're still having a high contact. So you know that they're genuinely who they are, because by that time, they've forgotten about being in a place for an interview or anything like that. Mm -hmm. So the thing that really it is, and I haven't found anybody that can actually learn it. You can pretend to be that person or you can fake it for a little while, but you really can, and that's enthusiasm. You either have it or mm -hmm. you don't, because you can't turn it on and off. People who are enthusiastic, and that is about 10%, 15% of the population that really is like that. But that doesn't mean they're loud or they're bubbly. or they're, It's just that core value that they right. have. They're just enthusiastic about things. And that's who we are looking for, people who, and they will learn anything because failure is not an option for them. And then when you put them in an uh, environment like we have, our culture, we said, we are very big on culture. I do a presentation to my teams uh, about culture, and I've done it actually for some team leaders too. I've done it for the uh, Chicago region. John Kohler invited me mm -hmm. to do that, and I did that, and Gordon was there too, actually, mm -hmm. sitting in the background. That's all I was very nervous about. <laughs> so bad, and I hope he, so, but he, he loved it. Um, so I have done that at the, a mini version of it at the huddle too.
two years ago, I did that. Well, here, here's what I want to do, um, time-wise. Mm-hmm. I'd like for you to give me a, a couple snippets on culture, and then could, do we have time to do a second podcast where we talk about marketing stuff? Are we good? Can we think we can do that? Yeah. Um, by the way, I'm recording this live, so if they tell me no, then I'm just <laughs> I'm, I'm in trouble. But uh, because because what I don't want to do is feel like we rush through all the topics and try oh, to cram so them all more, in. Yeah. So uh, so we ended up spending such good quality time talking about recruiting and retention and and your the great team that you've and and the the process that you've set up here. We we uh, we only scratched the surface. Yeah. We just learned about how to get people, but. How do you find them? And then how to keep them? Yes. That part we haven't even talked about yet. That's the part that's on this podcast I'd like to transition to, if you'll allow me to. So uh, because the 1,700 stores across 50 states, uh, when you started 10 years ago, 10 plus years ago to be exact, uh, there were three, four, maybe 500 stores. So the, There the, were 476, four, I Okay. Uh, and now there's that many in Texas alone. But, <laughs> oh, yeah. uh, uh, but we're, we're evolving. Everybody's yeah. growing. As, as it's, but we still, across uh, every state uh, where we have support clips, and in Canada, how, what can we do to retain? What can we do to recruit that we want the best team? We want the best team members. So it, it seems like... You didn't stumble on to creating this culture. You've you might have refined it. You might have kind of whittled it down to something that works for you and and, and your system, your stores. So I'd like to kind of propagate that and spread it throughout the the brand here. So team leaders that are listening, maybe managers out there, or prospective franchisees that are wondering. What is it about culture that you guys have found success in, and is it replicatable uh, uh, elsewhere, is, or is it just in Southern California where the you know the sun's always shining and there's fires <laughs> in the hills and you know yeah, it's uh, all that. bright. Yeah, <laughs> yes, one way or another. So, so give me a little understanding on on the best way to create culture and to sustain it. Okay, so. Um like I said, I, I have a whole presentation that I do, uh, and it's an hour presentation. Okay, well, we don't have so an hour, 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 so... So okay. we got to sort of pick on it. So, it's, yeah. again, we talked about it a little bit. Is like we want to get the best people, right? So how do you find the best people? We talked about it a little bit. Um, and then, uh, you know, how do you become an employer of choices because your reputation? Because one thing is for certain, if you're having difficulty finding people, is what is your reputation as a team leader out there? Everybody talks to everybody. Mm-hmm. They're on social media, Snapchat, Instagram, mm-hmm. whatever. So your reputation is there. Whether it's good or not so good, you need to figure that out. So if out. you're having high turnover, it might be you better get a mirror look into it and think, uh-oh, what am I not doing right? right. Why are all these people leaving? And I'm not getting a lot of uh, uh, That's the flip side of it, right? wanting conversations right now. Yeah, but the, but the front end of it is, why am I not even getting applications? Yeah. Why are good quality people not applying for our stores? Mm-hmm. Why are we only getting the leftover kind of people who didn't get who a job? Who bounce around, around yeah. and all yeah, of yeah. that. And that's why it's the turnover is so high, right? Mm-hmm. Because it all goes hand in hand. It's just about people. At the end of the day, it's really about those people, right? So if you're not getting those people, there's a reason. So better find out what it is. Your reputation is out there, either positive or not so good, right? So that's the first thing. And now culture is every organization has a culture. Whether you have your culture there or it's organically growing in there and you may not like, I call it vulture, Mm -hmm. right? So 
it's feeding itself inside. So if you don't have your brand, and you or said your, vulture like the bird, the, like the okay. bird, because right. it's eating itself uh-huh. inside okay. out. I right? see what you did there. Clever. So um, insert tongue and cheek emoji <laughs> right here. If you're watching, so the you need to create your culture, but how do you do that? Right. So it's a difficult thing, and but it's the only thing. Mm-hmm. It's the right thing to do. Right. So we talk about it all the time. So when you share your vision. So when, you know, Susan and I talked about it, it's like, what do we want to do with Sport Club? So our vision is to make a difference. We want to make a difference in our team members' lives, hopefully make it a little bit better. You know, we can't do everything for everybody, but we can do it for, there's a story that I tell, you know, there was a guy standing on the shore and he was, uh, and there were thousands and thousands of starfish that were all around him and he was picking one up and throwing it in the ocean and a kid walks by and says hey what are you doing and he goes um i'm just throwing the starfish he says well you can't make a difference there's like thousands of them you're just one person he says okay so he bends down picks up another one and throws it into the ocean right and then turns around to the little kid and says made a difference to that one yeah so you know that translates into we can't do everything for everybody, you but do we can for start one something. what you wish you could do, do for, for all. all. Yeah, and then that sort of it's like throwing a pebble in the pond, and the ripple goes out, and you mm-hmm. don't even know where they end. Right? So it's a similar thing. So when you start building that culture, and you set your vision, what it is, it's always about the people, and then you have to be genuine. You have to be consistent. You can't change when things are. Sometimes my team members come up to me and say, "How can you be so?" even keel all the time. Things are breaking down or something has happened. Even the air conditioner, it's 100 degrees in there, right? I walk in there, I'm still calm. I says, mm-hmm. you know what? I'm going to do the best I can. I'm going to get the guy. If he can't come in an hour, I can't do anything about it. Right. So I'm not going to become all agitated and panicked because now people around me pick on that and then that's what they become. So our teams have become very stable because I try to stay as calm. I'm a human, but mostly when I walk into the store, I make sure I have a smile on my face, I'm walking through that. I'm greeting them. I'm talking. I know every single person's name. How I, often are you in your stores? Not very often. I have a set meeting uh, every two weeks with okay. my managers where we don't necessarily just talk about numbers. We talk about what do they need? Mm-hmm. What is working? What isn't working? And then, and sometimes we do talk about numbers. It's like, hey, you did great over here, but what's happening here? What can I do to help? Yeah. So always it's about the atmosphere of where they're empowered, where they nev- we don't do anything negative in our stores. It's just the way I am, right? Yeah. Um, we find positive things and we reinforce that. And the the the, the end product of that, it's kind of cliche thing to say, but it does. It diminishes the negative behavior. We don't even call it negative. It's opportunities, right? Mm-hmm. So it takes how you create that mindset. So we will talk about things that we can empower people with. We will not talk about things that are, of course, if it's going to hurt somebody, we're going to address that. Yeah. But if it is, we'll ignore it because everybody wants to have uh, sort of an attention, kind of getting thing, you know, pat on the back, whatever. And if you're not paying attention to things that, well, kids, if, when they throw tantrum and if you keep paying attention to that, they'll throw more of them, right. right? But if you start behaving in a way where when they do good things and you pay attention you to that, them. they will do more of that yeah. because they want the attention. It's the same way with people. Well, There's I, nothing I, different. I feel like uh, the role that Shamila plays, I, I know it's marketing, right? But I, I feel... Uh, that what I see on social media is that you are involved in some of this culture building for the stores. uh, uh, And and then I see it on social media, which is very important for recruiting and retention and all that stuff. Can you speak quickly here? Not quickly, but this this is kind of, we're winding down the culture piece of this podcast. Can you tell me a little bit about your efforts 
both on social media but in the stores to create this culture throughout uh, all of the uh, Taj-owned stores? Yeah, um, one of the biggest things that we like to do is just continue reinforcing um, just a feel-good attitude no matter what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, that even kill that... Uh, yeah, so I'm... People, yeah, I'm, I'm usually also very smiley. I'm very... Mm-hmm. Um, when I walk in, I get really excited. I'll always talk to the guests who are waiting and ask them how they're doing. Very important. Um, yeah, so they know that I'm not just... You know, I don't... I never just walk back straight into the equipment room. Um, but I also don't stand and chit chat and bother the stylist while they're working. Um, so, but, uh, no matter what, no matter if I'm in there and if there's a transition from a guest into the showers, I will always vacuum. But Mm -hmm. that was something that I didn't necessarily just do as soon as I got on board. I sort of watched from example. Um, my dad kind of did that and I was like, wow, that's, that's really helpful. And, um, any little bits and pieces we can do to make them, um, their day a little bit easier, it kind of goes hand in hand. And when it comes to a lot of what I do with like the digital presence that we have, um, I hashtag team Taj on everything. Yep. <laughs> I, I think it's important. Probably too much if I'm being complete. No, I'm just kidding. There's no, you cannot too much anything hashtag. Yeah. yeah the king of hashtags. Right. Yeah. But it's good. It's important. And yeah. if it, it connects to somebody, it connects to um, a guest who brought their kids in mm-hmm. for the first time. And uh, we happen to be there and catch their first haircut. But that's a huge deal. So we like to capture those moments and those memories and really share them and um, promote this feeling of celebration. It's all about the celebration. Right. We really um, we recognize our teams for uh, their birthdays, their yes, anniversaries. I and I try to stay really on top of that because it's important and it's their special day. And, and I think that it's great to be... Um, to recognize and know that and understand that people like to be, um, to have that sort of sense. Well, it goes to that Maya Angelou quote that I always overquote, but that people are going to forget what you say and what you've done. And they're never going to forget how you make them feel. Exactly. And we know uh, one day a year, somebody feels like a king or queen and that's their birthday. And we can either contribute to that or ignore it altogether. And so when you do little things, I mean, it sounds little, but when you do little things like, balloons or you bring them whatever decorate their station whatever they're that blows their mind but so, you know the best part about that is because when you decorate that station everybody that's walking in yes. every guest that's walking uh-huh. in sees that once no and you know what their tips are i was gonna enormous. say the same thing <laughs> so, they may, except, oh so, i got yeah. a tip extra today <laughs> yeah because, it's, because it's, it's it's just amazing and it's a feel good and then everybody else sees it and it just so we gotta find it. a way to have at least one station decorated <laughs> every day rotate yeah. whether it's a birthday we've got to be celebrating something <laughs> well there's an anniversary or I feel like that's a compensation <laughs> thing that we can raise the bar yeah, on somehow, create yeah. these, uh, you know how there was always a fake but holiday, again, National Peanut Butter Day or whatever. We got to do something. But we got to be genuine. Yeah. And we got to be consistent. Yeah. So uh, I'm going to wrap it up here, this portion here in, in one one minute or maybe longer. But uh, I I like, I believe if, if the rumors are true that you do some pretty cool stuff for your teams when they hit marks mm-hmm. and it's, can you can you help me wrap my head around what it exactly <laughs> it is that you do and I what makes you aim so high? Know that yeah. um, you know when we this came back to before we even opened a store, we had set all of this. This is our culture. Mm-hmm. So when we talk about culture, we had actually consciously for three months thought about how we're going to do things. And one of the things we said is like we're going to set benchmarks. And that time, we're talking about two thousand seven. Yeah, there were. N- I don't think there was any store that did 10K, right? 
not even Gordon stores mm-hmm. at that time. Yeah. Um, but we set benchmarks of 10K, 15K, and 20K at that time. Wow. And we said- Coming sh- in, cold turkey. Cold turkey. Oh, yeah. I said, because if you're going to do this, we're going to be the best that we can be. And why not? What's, we put artificial limits. There are no limits. It's when we put the limits, that's when people stop achieving right. more, right? So we said, we want, walked in there, and when we had our first team meeting, um, I stood up there and I said, you know, this is our vision, this is what we want to do, we want to take care of you, we're going to do all that. At that time, they didn't believe it because they had no, we had no history. But once they got to know, they all believe in it now. So we said, we, at, when you get to 10K, and, and they sort of, their eyes rolled over, and I go, we are going to send the whole team that was part of that quarter for the average, we're going to send everybody, including coordinator, to Hawaii. Wow. And they were like, Okay. Whole team, not just the manager. Not just the manager. Yeah. And then we said, if you, when you get to 15K, we're going to send you to Europe or a uh, <gasps> So they said, okay. And then we said, when you get to 20K, we're going to get a car, for a lease car for everybody that's wrapped in sport clips. Yeah, yeah, of course. But it's going to be, you know, 15 cars or whatever. Mm-hmm. We're going to lease that. Because if you're doing consistently 20 plus K, oh, you can word. do that, yes. right? So they all sort of nodded and didn't believe it. But my first team went in their third year. My second store even did it faster. They went in there se- after the second year. So two of my teams have already been to Hawaii. My first team is now getting ready to get all paid um, vacation. They want to go to Latin America because they okay. don't want to spend too much time on the plane. So they don't yeah. want to go to Europe. Just pay everything for us. We're going to go to a resort and we're going to spend the five days. So we send them five days, all expenses paid. How do we cover everybody's uh, shifts and everything? Our other stores. We borrow from mm-hmm. our neighbors, our other team leaders, and they come in and do that. Nice. And then, you know. And we decorate the store when they hit the goals. It's like our guests made it happen. Yeah. We always make sure that our teams know that they are empowered and they they say, well, you did this. No, you did this. They did it. They worked for it. It's They earned it. We, nobody gave anything to them. And they share that with uh, our, our guests and our guests then get involved in it. And it's just a, the good feeling in the neighborhood. And everybody still, a lot of people come up to me and say, where's your team going to the second trip? Yeah. And now they are ready to go to the second trip. So we celebrate Everything, every small benchmark. Like right now, our, our newest store that we just acquired, it has actually doubled in sales um, in uh, in less than four months, right? Mm-hmm. When we took our, it's a store that we took over. It was a year old store at that time. And 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 the fun part is um, when we reach our benchmarks, every single small benchmark, we go out either have lunch or, or dinner. So now they hit two benchmarks in a row. Um, so now we're going to go out and have a really nice dinner. So we celebrate everything that we can. Sometimes it's with just coffee, but we do. So I said, like, when you do something, reward yeah. yourself because that's the purpose. And you celebrate it and you post it on social media and you blast it out. And I, I love to see when stores uh, or team leaders or directors of marketing post it, yes, on their personal page, but also from the Sport Clips Facebook page or Instagram account. And the Southern California yeah, account. All, all and of the Sport that. Sport Clips jobs. Yeah. Um, and, you know, that's where Shamila has been a huge help. Is like, you know, when we started growing this, you know, maybe if you do another podcast, we can talk about that. Is like, how do we now start to manage, you know, what everybody's doing? How do we know everybody's calendar? So Google's been a big part of her. Mm-hmm. Uh, she she brought that into the stores and now the managers are getting very comfortable with it. So now everybody knows what is happening everywhere. I, I love, it's just amazing. I it's love where you went there because what we can do is use that as, as, as a teaser for next week's episode. <laughs> we and so what we'll do is we'll end this one and then we're going to pick it up talking about just that. 
and some of the marketing initiatives that you guys do. We're here sitting in a Chamber of Commerce uh, conference room. I want to talk about what you're doing with the Chamber here locally, yeah, which is so, just so important with the yeah. community. So uh, we're going to do that. I'm, here's what I want to do. I'm going to wrap up. Usually I ask 10 questions, 10 random non-follow-up <laughs> questions at the end of a podcast. I'm going to split it up, five and then five. Okay. Okay. So, And I'll point to whoever I want answering okay. that particular question. Got it. Okay. Uh, I'm going to ask her this first one. Which superpower, Shamila, would you most like to have? Out of any superpower? Yes. Or you can create your own. It doesn't even have to be an existing superpower. Oh, the ability to create Google calendars could be a superpower, <laughs> you know, with a snap of a button. Uh, uh, a superpower that I wish I would have is flying. Flying. Yeah, okay. definitely. Because then I can go to each store. Yes, and uh, I bypass the L.A. traffic, ah, which I was in this morning. Okay. Uh, okay. Uh, RF, what is your personal motto? My personal motto is um, if you want to find yourself, lose yourself in the service of others. Hmm. That's Mother Teresa. Ah, I love it. Uh, let's stay with you. Other than where you live right now, where else in the world would you most like to live? Boy, I would like to live in New Zealand. Ah, I ever love, been there? Never been there. Okay. That's my goal. But you're I mean, a big I'm Lord not, of the Rings fan, so you uh, like the... You know, the I'm that too, yeah. plus I love the, the, the culture there. And of course, I like, love cricket and their great yeah. cricket play nation. Oh. Nice. Uh, let's go to Shamila on this one. Who is a celebrity you'd most like to meet one day? Being here in LA, I mean, sheesh. A celebrity I'd like to meet one day, alive or? I, mm, <laughs> yes, in in this world, yes. Oh <laughs> uh, gosh, who do, Obama. Obama. Okay. Sure. All right. President Obama. We'll tag him in this and yeah. see if uh, he yeah. gives it a listen. Yeah. Uh, let's see and. Let's go. Oh, I know what I'll do. I'm going to ask Shamila this about Arif. You ready? Which words or phrases does he most often overuse? Literally. Literally? Yeah, but he says it differently. Literally? Can you say it? <laughs> Literally. Literally. Literally? Okay. Literally. I, I, you know, I, I lived in England for a while. Okay. So, so I have a British accent, and where I grew up, I learned the Queen's English. Okay, all right. So we're all talking funny, and you're the one talking. <laughs> uh, anyways, all right. So uh, we'll have to go back to the transcript and see how many times he says that in this podcast, and uh, then I can make fun of him later. But for now, that wraps up the first edition of the Sport Clips Hall of Fame podcast with Arif and Shamila Taj. And next time, we'll conclude the conversation when we talk about marketing and some of the community involvement that they have here. Thanks so much for joining us for this one, guys. Thank you. Thanks.